Well, you're listening to Guad.Rocks, God of the World and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Hey, this is Season 18, Episode 378. Title, What Decade Are You In? Subtitle, The Big Picture. In Jan Karen's book, Home to Holly Springs, from her super successful fictional Midford series, she poses the question, what decade are you in? It came as quite a shock to me at the age of 64 and headed quickly to the age of 65, if the Lord allows, that I'm almost halfway through my seventh decade of living. We forget that the way we acknowledge birthdays here in America starts with the celebration of our first year of living. So on our first birthday, we have already lived on the planet one full year. In the winter holiday animated movie Frosty the Snowman, when Frosty comes to life, when that old top hat is placed upon his head, the first words he speaks is, Happy Birthday! And that was voiced by the comedian Shecky Green. Uh, what a great voice. But he comes to life and goes, Happy Birthday! He makes that statement twice in the movie. As a kid, I never paid attention to it, but as an adult, the statement seems awkward. But in fact, his coming to life is his first birthday. To take the idea further, as a 64-year-old, I am in my 65th year of living. So if you are presently 32 years old, like one of my sons, you are in your 33rd year of living. By the time I turned 10 years old, I had celebrated a decade of living. At the age of 10 years and one day, I started my second decade of living. Here's the point. How many decades do most people live or have to live on the planet? 7.6 decades? Eight decades? My wife's father is halfway through his 10th decade. If you're a woman, there's a 23% chance of living until you're 95. But the average life expectancy in the United States as of 2020 is 77 years, 0.28. My friend, when you stop and really think about aging like this, it's really sobering. It's a sobering thought. This angle gives you a larger picture against which to view your life. It ties back into the admonition in Psalm 90, the Psalm of Moses, teach us to number our days. I did a full podcast in the past on this thought, but here we are at the beginning of another new year. A lot of uncertainty faces us in this special time. My friend, one thing is for certain, we need to be diligent to carry out the reason God has placed each of us on this earth at this time. You and I were created for a purpose. And God expects us to fulfill that purpose to the very best of our ability. In the midst of this dark world, we need to let our light shine. We need to be diligent, and we need to get to work now. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, the story of light began. It says, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Ever since then, God has been dividing the light from the darkness. God dwells in unapproachable light. Jesus is the light of the world, and in him there is no darkness at all. The Bible says that we are to walk as children of light. Light is a good thing. If you find a person who has a disdain for light, you will find a person who hates God. Just this past Christmas, we visited a house that every year has had one of the most elaborate Christmas light displays I've ever seen. The family decorates both the entire front and the backyard totally. The homeowner starts setting up the displays in October, and he opens his house every single night the entire month of December. My friend, he opens it every single night. Every single night, he sits out back around a fire pit, 
and welcomes all the visitors, and he has candy canes for the little kids. He has a great setup with a rear gate that opens to the church parking lot behind him. The church allows him to have access through the lot, so there's never a glut of traffic in front of his house. But one hater of light in his HOA has caused such a storm of hate against him that the HOA this year threatened him with fines if he proceeded with his yard decorations. He told them, you can do whatever you're going to do. You can find me if you want, but I'm not taking them down this year. My friend, think about it. His lights are not obtrusive. His displays poses no congestion in the streets, but because of one God-hater, this past Christmas was his last year. There's another yard display across town that is suffering the same kind of torment. And my friend, please keep in mind, we have been to this display and the display across town every year since we've lived here in Tennessee, and I can testify that what he did and has done and what the person across town has done has been done with amazing excellence and care. But that one person who hates the light marshaled the HOA and the Spring Hill police against him. It was so offensive to see the signs banning the parking of cars on the other side of the street, which I found out just this year were put there by the police. I pointed out to the homeowner that those streets are public property. I learned this in a big way in the city of Euless, where I moved from. I was constantly reminded by the police when I would come home and find cars parked right in front of my house with their alarm set, and by the time that was occurring, I had lived in that neighborhood so long that I knew exactly whose car belonged to whom, and I knew that these cars were not from people who lived in my neighborhood. I would call the 911 and say, I'm concerned that there's a car parked directly in front of my house with their alarm set, and the 911 operator would always remind me that, sir, the streets are public streets. Your rights end at your property line. They have every right to park in front of your house. And so I'm mindful that this is the fact, and I pointed out to the homeowner that these streets are public property. And I told him, if you and your neighbor across the street had planned Christmas parties the same night, let's say with large families, with a lot of guests, the people would have been parked up and down each side of the street, and there's not one thing the city police could do about it. But sadly, the city police became a part of the antagonism. I told the homeowner that the reason why this heartache was happening was because the one hateful person hates the light. They hate God, and what he was doing reminded them of the God they hate. My friend, you may think that's a, that's a harsh statement, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. We've got to come aware that there are people that walk the planet that hate God. Jesus said they hated me, and they're going to hate you. But my friend, this reality does not need to dissuade us from being the vigilant soldiers of the light that God has called us to be in 2024. In this world filled with people who hate the light, just like Jesus said they would, we need to batten down the hatches, as I spoke in a previous podcast. We need to get our game faces on, and we need to walk as children of light and do great exploits for God without fear. We who enjoy the light should be more grateful for it than we are and see more of God in it and by it. King Solomon said that light is sweet, but my friend, gospel light is infinitely more precious, for it reveals eternal things and ministers to our immortal natures. When the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual light and opens our eyes to behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, we behold sin in its true colors and ourselves in our real position. We see the most holy God as he reveals himself, the plan of mercy as he offers it, and the world to come as the word describes it. 
Walking in spiritual light is a blast and fun as we encounter the beams and prismatic colors of God's divine knowledge, His divine joy, His divine holiness, His divine life. They are all divinely good. This light that we receive here and now from our Creator God is so good. And just think about what the essential light of the throne room of God in heaven must be like and how glorious it must be and the glorious place that it is where He reveals Himself. As we walk into 2024, may the Lord give us more of His good light and may we increasingly enjoy Him, the true light. Each time there is a good thing in the world revealed, a division is necessary. My friend, that's the way it is. We should not be surprised that light and darkness have no communion. God has divided them. Let us not confound them. Sons of light must not have fellowship with deeds, doctrines, or deceits of darkness. As children of the day, we must be sober, vigilant, honest, and bold in the Lord's work, leaving the works of darkness to those who shall dwell in it forever. Do you realize that truth, my friend, that the God-haters of this world who hate His light will be given their heart's desire and be cast into an eternal, everlasting darkness? What an unnecessary terror and tragedy. But God will not force any person to come into the light. Our churches should by discipline divide the light from the darkness. And we should by our distinct separation from the world do the same. In judgment, in action, in hearing, in teaching, in association, we must discern between the precious and the vile and maintain the great distinction which the Lord made upon the world's first day. Dear Lord Jesus, be our light throughout the whole of 2024, for your light is the light of men. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.